0: Pastor Mike McCoy welcoming you to the time of truth. And uh, I'm in Romans chapter number 8 and verse 28. Romans 8 and 28. You could quote this, you Bible readers, you know this. We, we quote it often, preaching, but seldom do we break it down. I want us to consider two words out of this particular verse today. Now I'm going to give you what God gave me last night and pray it'll be a help to you. You found Romans 8 and 28, shout amen for amen. me. And we know that. All things, that's what I'm preaching on this morning, work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Father, I love you and I thank you for this morning, this time, the chance to be in church again, Lord. What a privilege to be back into the house of God. And Lord, the the wind has blown for a solid week here. And now, God, it's a still time. It's time to sow. Lord, I pray that it'll find good soil today. There's some out here, God, not understanding the things that's going on. But I pray that you'd bring to my mind and my heart what you gave me last night. And I pray it'll be a blessing to you people. I pray you'd fill my mouth and guard my tongue and preach me inside the bounds of this writ. And I praise you for everything you do every day. God, everything you allow to come in our lives, come our way. I give you glory for it because I know, Lord, your way is not our way. and Thy will be done. And I ask it in my King's name, Jesus. Amen, and amen. I'm considering this text this morning. I thought I, thought, I had a couple of different messages. I thought that I would try to preach today, and it just didn't. I just didn't get directed down that path. With all the preaching you've heard this week, there's no way that. I, You can come in here and try, I wouldn't try to top any of it. I'm just gonna try to go alongside of it and share with you what uh, I believe the Lord would have us to have this morning. Paul's writing a letter here from Corinth. He's in Corinth this time when this letter's written and he's writing to the Romans. Now, at the time Paul's in Corinth, I don't think that he knows uh, what's going to occur to him once he reaches Rome. When Paul gets to Rome, he's going to be imprisoned. When Paul's in Rome, they're going to cut his head off. Paul's going to write letters, uh, though, in Rome that we still use and is very applicable to the church today. So Paul's writing these letters, and here's what he says concerning this. Now, in verses 26 and 27, there's some things that we don't know. He said, we know not what we ought to pray for. You ever been there? You don't know what to pray for. You don't know how to pray. You don't know what to say. But he said, that's when the Holy Ghost makes intercession for us. When we know not, he does know. And there's a lot of times we think we know, but if we're honest with ourselves, we really don't know. But he knows. he knows. He knows my beginning. He knows my end. He knows my tomorrow, praise God. And before I ever come to it, he knew me yesterday. He knows today, he knows this afternoon. Now, I'm not worried about it. It's all in his hands. It's going to be all right. But there's things that come our way that we don't like. So in this verse, Paul's writing this verse. And there's been times I've had to chew this verse. And I didn't really understand Well, let's just use uh, Jessica Berry's little niece of 18 months old that drowned in a horse trough the other day. I don't understand that. You tell me how that's going to work for good. You don't know. You can't explain that to me. I don't understand that, Brother Junior. But it's the truth. Why do you know that's true, preacher? Because it's in this holy book. Every word in that holy book is true. Let God, listen, let God be true to every man, a liar. That, the, the book is true. Nothing wrong with the book. Anything wrong, it's me. And you, it's not the book. So I still don't understand it. So listen, there's bad things. He said all things. Some things are bad. I don't understand why so many people got sick after such a hallelujah week of camp meeting. But they're sick. They don't want to be sick. I don't know anybody in their right mind that wants to be sick. Now some people are sick. They they want they want sympathy. So they or whatever, but they're, they're not thinking right. Something's wrong. If, if we want to be sick, I don't know anyone that desires to be sick. We like to feel good. But there's bad things. All things would include the bad things. My my. So we see we see people stricken with cancers, we see people with heart disease. We see young moms and dads with children. And, 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 and they leave in the prime of their life. I don't understand that. But according to this scripture, all things work together for good. That's a hard pill to swallow. So it's our, the bad things we, I think we could classify as troubles and trials that come our way. I'm just got, I got some real good news for you here today. You're not going to live without troubles and trials. There's a reason we have trouble in this life. You know why that is? It's because we live under a, in a cursed world. There's a curse upon this world. And things are going to come out, troubles and trials. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials that are to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you. It's not strange that fiery trials try us. We'd all like to feel good, not have an acre of pain, live to be ninety years old, and go to sleep one night and drift off into glory. How many vote for that today? How many knows that that's never going to happen in this world? Trouble, triary, trials, things going to try. There's going to be trouble. Your loved ones. You're going to bury some people. There's going to be some things come your way you wish had not come your way. Young people is going to deal with things they never dreamed they'd have to deal with. Life is hard. But God makes it good. So here we have all things. But in this verse, it's not just only bad things that work together for good. And we use that most of the time in a negative context. But look, the good things work together for good. There were some good things happened this past week. It's not just bad things, but it's good things. Aren't you glad that there's good things in our life? Come our way. Praise God. And it works together for good. The good things. We we heard good singing this week. We heard good preaching this week. We felt the good spirit of God. We felt the Holy Ghost. We felt conviction this week. All those things. Good things, every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above, down from above, from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So it's not just the bad, uh, uh, the bad things, but it's the good things. Good things like this, what? Good things like the pleasures we enjoy in our life. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give the church a, a flower here. Uh, our, our, our out-of-town visitors this week said that's the workingest bunch of people I've ever seen in my life. One fella said this from another church. I'll not tell you where he's from, but he came, they came up from another church, drove pretty good distance to get here. He said, what shocked me was, he said, I sat down in service and one of the women that had just served me supper was sitting in front of me in the worship service. He said, that's not how it works at most places. If they work in the kitchen, they skip church. I said, oh, no, they do that so they can have church. That's why they do that. He was was shocked. You know what that was? That's a good thing. That was was pleasing. It's pleasing to him. It ought to have been pleasing. Surely it was pleasing to the one that served, but it was pleasing to the Father when you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. When you seek to please others for the glory of God, you please the Lord. This is a self-centered society in which we live today. It's me, my, and I, and forget anybody else. Huh. It's not only the pleasures that we have that we do, but here's, what, here's a good thing that went on. There was some praise went on this week, like I've not seen him for some time. And I, I'm gonna tell you this. There'll be people that will absolutely run us up, throw us under the bus. They'll run us down. They'll dig a hole and cover you up because we acted like we did in here. I got news for them. Wait till they get to heaven. Just wait till you get there. I mean, so, well, I forget which preacher preached. It might have been Chris, holy, holy, holy. And another one says, holy, holy, holy. And another one says, holy, holy, holy. I'm they're getting an idea and it's all the praise to the praise of glory of God. Amen. Now I'm gonna give you three things. I'm gonna do it in 15 minutes. Plus five or six or 10. <laughs> Here's what I got. What's some of the good things that work together for us? This is how it works. Number one is this. It's divine perfection. Divine perfection. Brother Branch taught us in Sunday school this morning. Some people people in this world think that mary is divine mary was blessed mary was not divine but the child that mary was carrying was and is divine jesus the christ the only begotten son of god hey you know what we have in that you know why we can say that all things are going to work together for good to them that love him there's the condition to them that love him you know how we know that because of divine perfection What comes our way comes through his hand. And I don't understand. I'm not going to get hung up on on bad things that come our way. But if it comes your way and you're his. Let me put that condition. And you're his. It comes through his hand. If you're not his today, bad things come your way. Because you're living under the condemnation of God according to the scripture. You're under the condemnation of God even now. Because you're not part of the family. But you can be part of the family. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He'll take you in. Divine, divine perfections. Let me give you a couple that I thought of. One, his perfect strength. Now, watch this. Nehemiah said this. They're building the wall. Nehemiah's trying to get them all in one mind and one accord. Trying to get them thinking upon the Lord. And he said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know what that is? That's perfect strength. When we're joyful in God, we're never stronger than when we're joyful in the Lord. Things come out when we're walking joyful in the Lord. Hey, I'm a witness. Come my way. Think walking joyful, in the Lord. Hard, hard to, Things are. It's more difficult. Let me say that. When we're walking in the joy of the Lord, it's more difficult to bring us down than it is when we're not walking in the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord's our strength. So when we're joyful, when we're joyful, we're strengthened. We're strengthened how? By his divine perfection. He gives us that. He gives us that. Joy in our life, and it comes. And it, his, his, his strength is perfect. Let me give you another verse. Make sure I got it. Psalm twenty-eight and seven said, "The Lord is my strength." So here's the thing: we're no match for the devil. None. None of us in here. If Michael the archangel disputed. Satan over the body of Moses and had to rebuke him in the name of the Lord and he's the archangel. Where do you think that leaves us today? Ed Ballou said he was preaching one time. I heard him tell this story. Said he's preaching. He's a young preacher and said, man, it was on. It's like camp meeting. People are shouting. He said he is a preaching. He said it got on real big. And he said, he jumped up. You know, he's a big old tall Indian. He's about six, two or four or something. said, he jumped up there and he said, he jumped out and said, come on, devil. said, they just shouted the house down. said, after church, said, an old preacher sitting on the front row. He said, hey, son, come here, I to talk to you. He took him out back. Ed said, I thought, heh, he's about to tell me how good I done. About to pat me on the back. He said, I walked around the corner of the building. He got me by the shoulder. He said, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard anybody say from the pulpit. He said, let me tell you something, son. You're no match for the devil. He'll chew you up and spit you out. He's that roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The moment you think you're a match for the devil, you're already a defeated foe. Listen, our strength is in the Lord. He's the one that enables us to stand. We can't even walk without him. You know the old song. But I like this verse. I like this verse, 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. You know what he said? He said, my grace is sufficient for thee, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. My strength is made perfect in weakness. You know when God shows His strength? When you're the weakest. I mean when you're down and beat. And you think it's over. And you got nothing left. And there you are. And all of a sudden, there's a breeze or a voice or a word from the Lord. Or in a song somebody sings and you hear something all of a sudden, praise God, there's a little bit of strength starts raising up in you. And before long, it's not just a, it's it's on you. And you feel the strength of the Lord. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So when we're weak, it's when his strength shows up the best. When you're young and stout like Gabe here, and work like a barred mule and just rest on three or four hours and get up and go and run. Come back the next day, do it again. Don't even think about it. So you don't know that. I was young. One time I was your age. <laughs> Worked two jobs all my life. I don't know. I still work two jobs. You don't think I do. But I evangelize now. pastor. That's two jobs. I don't know how not to work two jobs. Always work two. Come home, eat supper. Branson and I used to wire houses. When I got off work during the day, we'd go wire houses at night. Work two jobs, done all my life. When I was in the Coast Guard, I worked on airplanes or helicopters during the day and worked on a hog farm in the evening. Always worked two jobs. And I could run on sleep. I mean, I fish till midnight, get home, go to bed, sleep three hours, get up and go to work the next day and work again and then go fishing. You know what I do now? Take a nap. Need a nap? I'll get one this afternoon, Jerry, if the Lord will. But we ain't always young. And you boys keep living, you'll get old just like me. And one of these days you're gonna find yourself in a place where your strength that you once had has disappeared. And you know whose strength shows up then? It'll still show up in you, but people recognize you as being young and 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 strong but when you get when you get old and broken I ain't never gonna get broken you're gonna wake up one of these days and something's gonna be broken you didn't do nothing to break it it'll just break second that motion but you know whose strengths made perfect Then, brother brands his strengths made perfect in weakness Divine, divine perfection. His strength, divine perfection. His perfect salvation. I'll just give you one scripture on this. Jonah said, the the salvation is of the Lord. That's good things. Those work by divine perfection. Number two, I like this. I'm not smart enough to think of this on my own. God gave me this last night. Deliberate provisions. That's how those things work good. He's deliberate in what he provides. Let me let me let me illustrate through our camp meeting. You know what he done? He had the funds provided before the people ever got here. The meat, well, I was concerned about the price of all, everything going up and what I was going to speak. You know what he done, Brother Andy? Had it provided before we ever needed. Listen, his provision is deliberate. That is all things, those things work. That's how they work, by his divine perfection. That's how it works, through his strength and salvation. But look, it's deliberate provision. He knows what we're going to need before we even ask. Remember reading that? Isn't that good? Listen. I'm going to give you a couple things now. Uh, Stay with me right here. And I know, I know some of you have been to the doctor, and maybe that's why God's given this to me like this. Proverbs 17, some of them deliver provisions is this. It's medicine. Now, you don't have to take medicine. You do not have to take it. You don't have to take no shots. You don't have to take no vaccines. You don't have to take nothing you don't want to take. And that's up to you not to take it. But I'm just going to tell you, this hillbilly priest is going to take medicine. I got a headache. You know what I look for? Medicine. Why? Because I don't want to hurt. I don't want to be sick. Proverbs 17 and 22 said, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. There's some more of that joy of the Lord that fits hand in hand right there. That'll fit together. But it do good like a medicine. Number two, listen to this. So, I'm I'm studying on this in Ezekiel 47 and, and verse 12. Now, he's talking about the sanctuary of the Lord in glory, not here. And here's what he said He said, the trees and the leaves are there for the medicine. You find that right in the Bible. Ezekiel 47, you can look it up yourself. For the medicine. You know what that says? There's medicine in glory. For the healing. If he's got it in glory and he gave it to us here, I'm going to take it. You don't have to take it. Jerry, you could have lived with a limp hip as long as you wanted to live with it. Got plumbed down, been in a wheelchair, going, and, and, and some of them grandkids pushing you around. But no, you chose to take the medicine. they done back surgery on me in December. You know what I said? Do it. He said, I can get you. He said, Mike, I'm 98%. That just 2%, always 2% in medicine. You know, I'm 98% sure I can fix that burning in your leg. Sign me up. Knock me out when you do it. Give me some medicine. You can be tough and suffer if you want to. I'm not. I don't. I'm not volunteering for that. I believe I'll take it. Now, you want some more scripture on medicine? Let me give you a verse. So in Isaiah, the the record in Isaiah I like better than the record in Kings. I like it from the pen of the prophet more than the record in in the Kings. And and Ezra might have written that, and that's okay. His prophet too, but. Isaiah said it like this, said when he went in to see Hezekiah, Hezekiah had been, the Lord had told, uh, Isaiah said, set you, tell the king to set his house in order because he's going to die. Now we're going to get that one of these days. You're going to get killed in a car wreck, have a heart attack. You're going to look the doctor, going to look at you, say you got cancer, Something's going to happen with it, something's going to send me to heaven, I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do, I'm going to take the medicine. So Isaiah, Isaiah didn't want to die yet. I'm not going down that road. Some, some, some just soon leave. I understand. Isaiah didn't want to leave yet. So he turned to the wall and he wept. So and God said, told the preacher, he said, "Go back and tell him he's got 15 more years." Well, he went back, but see, he still had a problem, and most probably a cancer. And most probably, it was exterior where you could see it. And why do you say that? Here's why. Because here's what the preacher told the king. He said, look, he said, you take a lump of figs and put it on the boil. And the Bible said, you shall recover. Now, we don't have... We don't have that from our medical doctors today. They say, most likely, or we hope you will, or we're going to do the best we can, but they're still men. This was right from the mouth of God, and the prophet told him, You you do this, you put the figs on that, and you shall recover. And I looked that lump of figs up just this morning, and you know what that says about it? A medicinal application. Glory. You know what that says, Carl? He took the medicine. It's not only medicine that we have that He's provided for us. All things, these things are working together for good. How's God going to get any glory out of it if we never have a wrinkle or stubber toe or have a scrape or a snare? And everything's perfect, and everybody looks around, and says nothing wrong with them. But when we get down, and God gets up, and we lift Him up when we're down, you know what He said? I don't know how they done it. You know what they said about Andrea? Nobody survives with this number. I don't know how it happened. Dennis said, I know how it happened. Yes. They still gave her medicine. It's not only medicine, but it's, it's mercies. You know what he's. You know what? He has deliberately provided for me. I mean, before I ever got to where I needed it, you know what was waiting on me when I got there and I did need it? Mercies of God. And you know what's better than that? In Lamentations, they're new every day. Do you know what that means? Well, I'm about to feel like preaching now. The mercy I needed yesterday (laughs) and the mercy I need today and when I get there tomorrow, bless God, and I need more mercy deliberately provided for me and you is the mercy of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we realized how much mercy we really needed, we'd feel like we was back in camp meeting and people be running laps in here today. But we're of the opinion often in our lives that we don't hardly need that mercy. Why? Because we're doing good. We're good people. No, you're rotten to the core. On my best day, I'm a train wreck. But I tell you who's not. And you know how... He knew that, and so when I get there, you know what he's got? Deliberate provisions of mercy. I thought I'd ride that horse for a while, but I'm just going to go on to number three. Divine perfections. Those things, what things? Divine perfection. How does that work? Because of the divine perfection, but because of deliberate provision. But I like this. you know who he's referring to here because of determined privileges. You know who that's reserved for? You know who it's for. It's for the saints of God. See, it's not just the troubles and the trials that this is in reference to. It's for those that hold the title of son. So we have, we, we have this it is a determined privilege because, because we're sons of God. Now, that's why that is not applicable to the lost. Because they don't hold that title. Dustin Terrence McCoy. My son. Our son. Pat and I. Our son. So, everything I've got in a Trust. You can do that or not do it. it. Don't cost that much. And somebody told me, said, Well, you, it really, it wouldn't affect you that much. I'd, it'll affect my kids. I'm not worried about me. I'm going to die. So, you know what happens? You know what happens when Pat and I die? Everything that's in that, without a tax, without a probate, without a lawyer, because Dustin's on the trust, you know what happens? It all belongs to Dusty, And nobody can do anything about it. He don't have to pay one cent tax. I'll try not to get on that horse, but I'll tell you, I'd like to have lived in the American Revolution and fought for less taxes. he have zero tax. It's all his. Just goes to him. Why? Because he's the owner of the trust, just like we are. You know why that happens, Brother Rance? Because he's, not because you're your grandson, but he is your grandson, but because he's my son. That's his title. You know what that is? That's a determined privilege. Nobody can take it away from him. It's his. Oh, somebody get this in just a minute. Two things that comes with that. One, one, well, there's a million things that come with it. But one is this, that as that, because of that privilege, here's what I can do. And it's already determined. It's predestined. In that, I'll not get into all that. It's deep water right there, but a train wreck. But because it's determined, and it is, I am privileged because of my title, here's what it is. It allows me, number one, to call. time, Matthew. I don't have to wait for a given time. I don't have to set up a, I don't have to set up a confession time with the priest. Anytime, any place, anywhere, 24-7. It doesn't matter. You know what I can do, Brother David? I can call. That's a determined privilege. God said, if you're mine, you can call. Those who are the called according to his purpose. You know who the called are in that, don't you? Now, they wouldn't have understood this when that book was written, but God was providing us with it on down the road. Everybody's got a cell phone. It's the one that answered the phone. That's who the called is. Now, he's rung the number of a lot of people and over and over, and they won't answer the call. But the called is in reference to being a saint. That's the one that's answered the phone. Therefore, because the call I can call him anytime, determined, call upon me. You know what he said? He told Jeremiah, I love this. This is my favorite psalm, and he knows what it is. I use it at funerals all the time. I love the Lord because he's heard my voice and my supplication. He hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore, shall I call upon him as long as I live. Determined privilege. I can call on the Lord as long as I live. When I die, I won't have to call on him anymore. I'll be with him. But I can call on him now. So here I am, calling on the Lord, Brother Dennis. Jeremiah said it like this in 33, let me get the right scripture. In in 33 and and 3, he said, hey, you call on me, and I'm going to put it in modern day vernacular. I'm going to show you some things you don't know anything about. Just God call on me. I don't understand it, preacher. I, uh, listen, don't listen to anybody that tells you they understand every jot and tittle of that book because they some things leave you scratching your head and it's for a reason. So we'll keep on digging and scratching and seeking. And at the right time, these things God hath revealed unto us by His Spirit. At the right time, those things might be revealed, or I may have to wait till I get to heaven to see them. Are you with me? But I can call. And he'll answer. You call, I'll answer you. And I'll show you some things. But it's not just the calling, but it's this, number, uh, the second. Here's Here's a determined privilege. He said, I'm gonna come. You can call. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come One." He's going to come where we are. But one of these days, he's going to come get us. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. And John, Randy's, one of his favorite passages. I've heard him preach it a bunch. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will and receive you unto myself. Now, I'm like Brother Ronnie White in this respect when he said, I wish the Lord had just come and get us all this one-at-a-time stuff's killing me. But that's how he's coming right now. He comes and gets one at a time. He'll come get you one of these days unless he come and gets us all at the same time. One of these days, he's coming for everybody that is part of his bride. If you're here today and you've been born again, you trust in the Lord for your salvation. That's a big if, trust in the Lord for your salvation. And if you're doing that, when he comes, he'll take you with him. He's going to come. Let me give you this. Hebrews 37. I was was all over the Bible trying to find this verse this morning. Finally, thank God for modern technology. I got my E-sword out and come right to it. For yet a little while. And he that shall come. Will come. And will not tarry. He that shall come. Will come and will not tarry. Bo that's what I'm looking for. I am less in love with this world. Every day and I'm telling you. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. It's lost its glitter for me. The shine has disappeared. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Do you have those things today? Are you sure about them? If you're here, you're his, and you know it, he knows it. The Lord knows them that are his, and he knows it. Then here's what you have. That's how those things work together for our good. It's because of his divine perfection. It's because of his deliberate provision and his determined privileges. We have those things today. If you're here today and you're not his, you know what you have? None of those things. None. You could have them all, If you'd humble yourself before God and call upon the name of the Lord, you could have them all. Come give us a song. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.